Good morning, and we welcome back to the program once again, State Representative Randy Fry for his weekly uh, legislative update. Good morning to you, Randy. Good morning, Tom. And, of course, this is the uh, final week of the uh, 2023 Indiana General Assembly uh, session. And, uh, of course, we've got a number of bills. Obviously, the main one is uh, House Enrolled Act uh, 1001, the budget, and other uh, vital bills that uh, will uh, have to be uh, considered. But uh, can you tell us, as far as uh, one of your uh, pieces of legislation, which is um, House Enrolled Act uh, 1034, how that's going? Yeah, Tom, House Enrolled Act 1034 is the bill that, I authored that uh, exempts active duty military from Indian income tax. That bill passed the House this past week unanimously. It's on its way to the governor for his signature and will become law. So any of uh, your listeners who are active duty military or have family members that are, uh, they will, uh, as of the taxable year 2024, uh, not pay Indian income tax. Um, that's our Army, Navy, Marines, Air Force, Coast Guard, or deployed uh, National Guard or Reserve, uh, or when they're uh, going to their training for the summer, they won't pay uh, Indian income tax. So uh, it's our way of saying thank you to those who uh, defend our nation. And uh, I think it's a long time coming. I filed this bill many years before I finally made it, but uh, once it finally started through the process, it passed unanimously every place it went. And, of course, this is also uh, the uh, second week of the uh, conference committee phase. And uh, can you uh, kind of walk us through uh, that process for those who uh, may not be familiar with it? I sure can. So probably at the end of session, conference committee is where we work out the differences in bills that were amended in the second House, meaning a bill passes the House and goes to the Senate and it's amended, or a bill passes the Senate and comes to the House and it's amended, bill cannot go to the governor that isn't in identical form and haven't passed both the House and Senate in the same form. And so what has to happen is you either decide, yes, I agree with the changes the Senate made or I agree with the changes the House made. That's called a concurrence. In a concurrence, you then uh, sign off on it and you, that second chamber votes on it again. If that is successful, that bill then can go to the government for signature. If you don't care for the changes or want to, want to uh, alter them, you can do what's called a dissent. A dissent is where you say simply, I don't, I don't care for the changes and I want to take it to a, quote, conference committee, which is signed by the Speaker and the President of the Speaker, uh, Senate Pro Tem. And they, um, you actually have a committee hearing just like you would for any other bill. And uh, you work out the differences. You come up with what's called a conference committee report. A conference committee report is uh, what you believe is the correct solution. But each of the four caucuses must sign the conference committee report. So the House Republicans, House Democrats, Senate Republicans, Senate Democrats have to sign it. Uh, Once they sign it, it goes to to the Rules Committee on both the House and Senate and to the House and Senate floor where it has to pass in both chambers. Only then, only then can it go to the governor for signature. As you can see, there's a whole lot of opportunity for a bill uh, to actually fail. It's very difficult to get a bill all the way to the governor for signature. 
And of course, uh, that that's the thing is the uh, it's quite the uh, the you know as, as you mentioned the uh, quite the process for a uh, bill becoming law. So this is again a case where someone can suggest a topic for uh, legislation, but uh, you can only be authored uh, by a legislator. It can only be authored by a legislator. You're correct, Tom. And bills can be filed uh, a couple of weeks before session, but only about ten days into session. So there's only about. Uh, three or four weeks of time in the year where you can actually file a bill. Uh, after that, you can't. And so then um, the only way to alter a bill with that would be an amendment. But uh, once bills are filed, they're assigned to a, a, bill com- a bill list by the speaker and then assigned to a committee where the real committee process is designed to dig into the bill to, mat- to decide is this needed. If it's needed, does the intent of the legislator, what are they trying to accomplish, match the wording in the bill and then of course the um you know second reading um and that's where the bill's presented on uh either the house or senate floor uh, may, mm-hmm. where it may be amended that's true Tom. and you can amend a bill in committee as well mm-hmm. but once it once it passes committee and it has to have the majority of the committee to pass it it goes to the house floor for second reading second reading is where bills are amended can be or maybe not uh, and an amendment can be offered, but if it's not adopted, the bill's still not amended. Some bills are, some aren't. Uh, and each bill, after the gone through the amendment process, then they'll move to what's called third reading. Third reading is where a bill then uh, is debated on the merits of the bill. And if the bill is amended, then that changes the merits of the bill as well. Only after it passes the House or the Senate in the first half is it eligible to go to the other house and start all this over again. And I can tell you there's a lot of meetings that go into this. There's a lot of research, a lot of different folks. Some people will come to you and say, I don't like it. Some people say, I do like it, but others want it. They don't want it changed. So you have to meet with the author. Each bill also gets a sponsor. Um, a sponsor is the uh, person that handles the bill in the second house. So for the house bill, it starts with HB. House bill. Uh, the author is a representative. If it's a Senate bill, it starts SB. Senate bills, uh, the author and the ha- representative is a sponsor. And each bill has to have an author and a sponsor. And so um, you, you have that whole process over again where the sponsor then takes the bill and they begin to work it. In my case, we've been working through the Senate. Uh, again, through the entire committee process, uh, second reading, third reading and now even to this phase of conference committee. And, of course, then once it uh, goes to the governor for his signature, uh, what are the uh, the steps there as far as uh, that's concerned? And then also, mm-hmm. um, if he should happen to veto something, uh, what's the process mm-hmm. there? Well, that's a good question, Tom. And once you do finally get a bill to, uh, to the governor for his signature, meaning it's passed both the House and the Senate in the same identical form, The governor has some options. He can sign it if he agrees with it. He can let it become law if he doesn't necessarily agree with it or like it, but doesn't dislike it so much that he's willing to veto it, or he can veto it. If he vetoes the bill, of course, it won't become law. It comes back to the General Assembly, where uh, then the General Assembly can uh, decide to attempt an override, or they can simply accept the fact that the bill was uh, not successful. If they attempt an override, it takes 51% of the House and 51% of the Senate to override the veto. Now, think about that for a minute. 
it only takes it takes 51 percent to pass the bill to start with. So generally, if the House and Senate take up a veto override, it's pretty much the same vote that took place to send it to the governor's side. If if the House and Senate take it up and they do uh, get more than 50 percent, 51 percent of their votes, then it becomes law. So um, that that's the process. Happens rarely. Um, maybe once or twice a year a bill will be vetoed. Sometimes they're overridden, sometimes they're not. But um, that of, of the, all the bills that will pass, very few end up that way. Uh, by the way, there will be more than 1,000 bills filed per session, usually around 218 to 2022, 2023 pass. That, a lot of those are actually updating existing codes. So to get a new concept through the General Assembly, so how are we uh, talking as far as uh, opportunities for a uh, bill to fail along the way? I mean, uh, how many uh, would you say that there are, uh, how many steps that, uh, which that could take? At least 26 opportunities to fail. So a bill can go, has to go at least 26 and 0 in order to make it to the governor. And if you think about that, think how hard it is for a sports team to go undefeated. That's what you were trying to do with a bill. you gotta, you got to get a undefeated Every place that it could fail, you have to pass. And uh, it, just when you think you've got it, another one shows up. It could be a conference committee. It could be could be in a, hit, a committee hearing. It could be any place. So or a veto. So um, all, all these uh, opportunities uh, rise up along the path of a bill moving through the process. The thing that I've learned is that the quality of the bill is there. If it's needed and if it's well-written and it's in the right code, and also you do your homework, you educate the legislators that are dealing with it about what this bill does and why we need it. A lot of work has to be done well before the bill shows up on the legislator's desk or your chances of failing are pretty high. So um, there's a lot more uh, going into what it takes to get a bill passed than what might appear on the surface. And of course, this is uh, as we mentioned at the, uh, the beginning of the uh, interview that uh, this is the last week of the uh, the session. Now, uh, as far as uh, you see, the uh, uh, of course you have to be constitutionally uh, done uh, by the end of the week. Uh, you expect the um, uh, both the House and Senate to wrap things up what Thursday, Friday. What are we looking at here? Um, that's a guess, Tom. I would think that probably late Thursday or Friday we'll finish up. Um, we have to do the budget, and it will be done sometime late this week. Um, the budget, as I anticipated, is is greater than last year's budget of $37.5 billion to run Indiana for two years. But this budget is actually approaching $44 billion. That includes tax cuts to your income tax, and we're still growing our budget because our economy is strong. Our economy is growing. So... Um, even though the spending is going up, inflation went up a great deal, you know. And uh, But also we're not doing it by taxing the individuals more. We're actually going to tax less, cutting the income tax uh, as we go forward. So overall, uh, I think it's a fabulous budget and uh, one that I'm looking forward to uh, seeing uh, get out of the house. 
All right. So again, uh, this will be uh, the uh, wrap up of the uh, 2023 legislative session. Um, and uh, hopefully next week we can uh, give a rundown of the uh, bills that passed this session. So uh, with that, uh, once again, State Representative Randy Fry, we appreciate your time this morning. Stay well and uh, look forward to uh, doing a, uh, a wrap up on the session a week from this morning. Thank you, Tom.